And um, when we thought about the theme for this series or this sermon today, this service today, really one of the things that stuck out to me was this whole thought of joy to the world. Joy to the world. And so I want to talk about that this morning. Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about it um, on Christmas Eve. So as they said earlier, if you don't have plans, we'd love for you to join us on Christmas Eve. But it's found in Luke's gospel, very familiar story. And I'm just going to read verses 10 through 12 this morning. And um, of course, you know, the angel has shown up and appeared to the shepherds who were in the field taking care of the flock by night. And verse 10 says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do you realize that there are 365 fear nots in your Bible? 365 times God says, fear not, fear not. I don't know about you, but I kind of think that's one for every day, right? Every day we get to wake up knowing that God is in charge. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. So at that moment, he was thinking and talking about us as well. He said, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to be here today. I thank you for each and every person that are here this morning. I thank you for those that are watching us online today. I thank you for those that will maybe tune in sometime this week to hear this message. I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts. I pray, God, that you would minister to them, that, Lord, we would leave this place different than when we came, the way we came. I ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And everyone said, amen. You know, it is supposed to be the most joyous time of the year. It's a time when we are supposed to slow down and maybe reconnect with friends and connect with our family and um, eat some good food and enjoy some more good food and um, just to be able to spend some time with friends and family. But also, it's a time that we really begin to reflect, and we reflect on the fact that our Heavenly Father expressed His love for us by giving us the greatest gift that any of us could ever receive, His Son, our Savior. But I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't know if you've noticed, if you've just been out lately and you've just been around, that there seems to be a lot of joyless people around. I mean, you know, for instance, like the lady who was yelling at the uh, salesperson because they couldn't find the size nine shoe that she was looking for. Or perhaps maybe it was uh, the guy that's laying on the horn because the person in front of them didn't notice that the light had just turned green a half a second ago because they were busy checking their Facebook post. I'm supposed to be doing that. But anyhow, uh, or maybe it's the kid that opens up the present only to find out it's a knockoff of the brand that they really wanted. You know, that reminds me of a story that um, 
One Christmas, Jamie found what she thought was a great deal on iPhones. And so she was like, we're going to get these iPhones for the girls. It's going to be a great present. I think she only gave like 50 bucks for them. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. I think we ought to get them. And so when we received the gifts and the girls got the gifts, we found out that it had been programmed and everything was in Chinese. <laughs> and so there was no way that we could even get into the phone. There was no way that they could even use the phone. So, yeah, it was a good deal for somebody, but it wasn't a good deal for us, right? It's one of those knockoff things. So, so when you look around, there's a lot of joyless people, and Christians are not excluded from this list of people. So my thought is, how in the world or how can we bring joy back to Christmas, but not just Christmas, how can we live our life filled every day with the joy of the Lord? How do we bring joy back to the world that desperately needs joy? Would you agree that we need some joy in our world today? So let's just look at it this way. Let's, let's just kind of talk about, first of all, what joy is not. Because joy is different than happiness. A lot of times people equate happiness with joy, and they're really not the same. Happiness is circumstantial. Uh, it's something like this. When your boss calls you in at the end of the year and says, you know what, you did a really good job this year, and uh, starting January 1st, we, we just want to give you a raise. How many of you know that's some good news right there? How many would like to receive that over the next couple of days, right? I mean, that's going to make us happy. Or maybe, um, maybe your hairstylist, Mine's doing well, too. But maybe your hairstylist got that do that you wanted them, right? You said, this is the picture. I want my hair to look just like this, and they nailed it. Come on, ladies, help me out in this room right now. I mean, they absolutely nailed it. Or maybe you were like me this week when you found out that you were the winner of the Mega Millions. Anybody? Anybody? Life point? Anyone? Right? Okay, or maybe, maybe, maybe you get happy on Sunday when your team wins. How many of you know there's been a lot of sad folks in Cleveland for about 20 years now? Can anybody relate with me right now? Right? Here's the problem. Here's the problem with circumstances. Circumstances many times are out of our control. We have no control over these things. Because guess what? The same boss who says, you know what, we want to give you a raise this year, is the same one who can call you in at the end of the year and say, you know what, you didn't live up to the expectations. You didn't do what we thought you were going to be able to do. So guess what? We're going to have to let you go. I mean, you know, that's a bad day. Or what about if they didn't get the do right? Or what about if your team did win? Oh, that's different. But anyway... So circumstantial happiness is fleeting. It doesn't last. If you don't believe me, just watch your kids about two hours after they open up their presents on Christmas. Right? Just you all know what I'm talking about right there. And so in order for me to stay happy then, my circumstances have to be positive and they have to stay positive. That means for instance, if you're dating someone or you're married, that means that that relationship has to be right all the time. But then if you have a kid, 
that means that the relationship has to be right and the children or the child has to be good at the same time that the relationship is right. But then if you have more than one kid, that means that the relationship has to be right, the kids have to be good at the same time in order for happiness to be in our lives. All right, let's take that a step further. If the, if the relationship is good and the kids are behaving all the time, then that means that my money can't be acting funny and my change can't be strange. I thought that was a pretty good rhyme. You can laugh right there too. So if those things are going right for me and I'm happy, then that means my work environment has to be good. That means my work environment has to be right. So if my work environment is right, my relationship is right, and my kids are good, and my money's straight, and my change is okay, then that means my body has to be okay. I don't know about you, but I, I have never had all of those things working for me in the positive at the same time. Am I the only one in here? I've never had all of those things and many more working at the same. How many of you know that's too much pressure? Life just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen that way. And so I don't want my happiness to be in the hands of a cranky co-worker. Some of you have somebody in mind right now. I know that. Or I don't want my happiness to be in the hands of a temperamental teenager. Oh, yeah, I knew I'd get a shout right there. Or I don't want my happiness to be in the hands of a, an economy that really I cannot control. Happiness is determined by circumstance, which is connected to external things. And I, there are a lot of external things that I have no control over. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is determined by contentment, not by circumstances. Contentment is internal, not external. So I can't control what's going on out here, but how many of you know you can control what's going on in here? You can, you can take charge and you can be responsible for that. So joy is determined by simply being content which is internal. So joy's much deeper than happiness. Joy comes from being content regardless of the circumstances around us. Let me just show you what the Apostle Paul had to say about this, this thing called contentment, and this thing about having joy uh, in spite of our circumstances. Listen to what he says. Paul says this, he said, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it's like when there's too much month at the end of the money. I know what it's like when there are things that I need, necessities that I need, that I just can't seem to grasp right now. But then he said, I know what it's like to have more than enough. He said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is what he said, I can do all things through him, him being Christ, who strengthens me. How many of you know that you have to have an I can do spirit? Help me out right now. You need an I can do spirit. Because a lot of times we're waiting on God to do things that God says, I've given you the authority and I've given you the power over. 
And God says, when you start doing what you're supposed to do, then I'll get in the mix of your situation and your circumstance, and I'll do what only I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So joy is not contingent upon what's going on around me, but rather who's living in me. Who's living in me. In other words, his presence in my life is a present to me that produces great joy. His presence in my life is a present to me that produces great joy. It's just like you can't get in water and not get wet. You can't have Jesus and not have joy. Am I right? Come on. You can't, Jesus can't be living on the inside of us and us not possess joy. We have joy that's been given to us through our relationship with Christ that no other thing in this world can bring into our lives. He is the only one who can produce that, that type of joy in our life. Paul lets us know that we can be content in every situation and every circumstance in our life, and this is the reason why. Listen to this. Write this down. Take a picture of it. It's going to be on the screen behind me. Just take a mental note of this, but listen to what I'm about to say. Joy is a sense of jubilation based on revelation that my well-being rests in securely in the hands of a God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. Come on, leave that up there for a minute. I may not be able to control everything that's going on around me, but here's what I can rest in. I can rest in the assurance, and I can rest in the revelation or the understanding that God has all things under his control. Even if my situation is bad, even if the circumstance that I'm facing right now is tough, how many of you know that your circumstance and your situation does not have the final say-so in your life? It doesn't. Why? Because the Bible said that my God is working everything out of my life for his good. So God can take the bad things that are going on in our life, mix it together with the good things that are going together in our life, put those things together, and at the end of the day, it's going to turn out well for each and every one of us who are in Christ. He's working it all together. So listen to me. My Savior not my situation has the final say on all things. My Savior, not my situation, has the final say on all things. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, help me out here, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is spiritual. We used to sing a song that says, um, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, therefore the world can't take it from me. 
Right? Any of the old timers in here remember that song? A couple of us. So because this joy comes from God, it comes from my relationship with Christ, no matter what's going on in my life, I should be able to, to bear or produce the fruit of joy in my life. Joy is spiritual. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is produced by the Spirit of God. And because it's spiritual, listen to me, because it's spiritual, it's supernatural. Because sometimes you just can't explain why you just haven't went off on somebody. <laughs> but you just have this inner peace and sense of joy deep-rooted in your spirit. How many of you know that comes from God? It is a supernatural gift that God has given to each and every one of his children. Listen to what, listen to what the writer says. He says, against such, against such, there is no law. What does that mean? When the fruit of God's spirit is growing in our life, what he's saying is you can't contain it. There's no way possible that you can hold it in. It's just there. We can be facing circumstances, and some of you are in this room today. We can be facing circumstances that are out of our control. We can be in situations that are really hard to deal with. We can be facing things right now that we never thought in our lifetime that we would have to face. And yet, the fruit of joy can still be present in our life. In other words, you could have hardship, but hardship doesn't have your joy. Doesn't have it. Fruit grows in spite of circumstances. Fruit-producing trees don't stop producing fruit just because a storm comes. A lot of times what happens during a storm is that tree the root system in that tree will go deeper during the period of that storm, and because the root system goes deeper, the tree gets stronger. So the greater the winds, the deeper the root, the stronger the tree. And that's a lot of times God will permit or God will allow storms, situations, circumstances to come into our lives, not to take us out, but to grow us deeper in him. Come on, somebody. You can take more than you really think you can. You really can. God knows what's in you. God knows how much you can. God knows our breaking point. God knows when we would snap. And so God allows certain things so that we can grow deeper and stronger in him. I don't know if you recall earlier this year, um, in May, it was around May and June, we had a lot of rain. Anybody remember all the rain we had? And, and the ground was just saturated, all right? And um, one morning I got up, and um, I was just drinking some coffee and reading uh, my Bible and just kind of meditating. Everything was really quiet. And I heard this noise, and it sounded like, it sounded like someone took a rake and scraped the siding in the back of the house. And I'm thinking, that's, that's a weird sound. Um, and I thought, well, you know, it was really windy at that time. And I thought, well, maybe it's just the uh, uh, brush up against the siding. And then I thought, well, I really don't have a brush or a tree against the house that would produce something like that. So, you know, like every man, I just sat there and just continued to 
Act like it wasn't there. <laughs> and then finally I got up and I went to the back and I looked out the back window and I'm like, are you kidding me? I think I have a picture of it. Um, <laughs> that's not me, by the way. <laughs> that tree was uprooted <laughs> in our backyard. And um, that's our first elder, Jim Collins. You might not recognize him. He's lost about 50 pounds since that picture. Amen. And um, that's a pretty big tree, isn't it? You see the root system on that? But you know what caught my attention uh, about this tree? Is all of the roots were just, just beneath the surface. I mean, they weren't deep. You can see it right here. That's, that's the root system of that tree. And, and so I'm like, you know what? Sometimes that's what we look like in the spirit. If our roots don't grow deep during the storms of our life, then it doesn't take much to just blow us over when any old thing starts to rage against us. And so what God is trying to teach us and what God is trying to tell us is that during the storms, that's the time to go deeper in him. That's the time to just put your faith and your trust in him. You got to dig deep during the times of your storms in life because the greater the root system, the greater the fruit in your life. Our granddaughter, Ellie, we had two more trees, by the way, fall over in the backyard. Thank God none of them fell on me and none of them fell on the house. But, uh, yeah, thank you. But anyway, um, our granddaughter, Ellie, was out back one day, and she goes, she calls me Poppy. She says, Poppy, I hope, I hope no more trees fall over here. hope no more trees fall down. And I was like, you and me both, because they're expensive to get out of here too. Right? And so, so... When storms come your way, circumstances that are out of your, maybe God is trying to say, listen, I just want to take us a little bit deeper. I want us to go a little bit deeper in our relationship. Maybe our relationship is too shallow. Maybe our faith is just too shallow. And so I'm going to permit some things to happen in your life so that you can see that I'm in control of things no matter what's going on around you. I got this. I got you. Come on, church. I have you. Don't worry about it. Because people who have storms, or people who have joy, I should say, are not exempt from life's storms. In other words, when you have joy, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be storms in your life. It simply means that your joy won't let your storms have you. Can't have it. Can't take it. Because joy is spiritual. Happiness is emotional. And because joy is spiritual, it can exist simultaneously with different feelings. Let me give you an example. You could be grieving the loss of a loved one, and maybe for some of you in this room today, this is the first Christmas, this is the first holiday season that you're experiencing without one of your loved ones. And I know it's tough. And maybe it's your 10th year and it's still tough. And you can be experiencing sadness and still have joy. Did you know that? 
You could be sad and you can be grieving and you could still have joy. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we usually use this um, as a funeral message, but this is what he said. Paul says, we mourn, yeah, we, we, we grieve. He said, but we don't mourn uh, like those who have no hope. He said, yeah, we mourn, but we also have hope. And so those two emotions of mourning and sorrow and grief can be going on in your life at the same time joy is being produced in your life. Because I'm crying over that loved one because I'm going to miss them. I'm not crying because I'm worried about them. I know they're in a better place. And for some who, who maybe have had to endure a lot of sickness in their life and God just took them home, we know there's no more suffering and there's no more pain going on in their life. We know they're in a better place, right? We know they're in a better place. So I'm crying not for them, I'm crying for me. Painful, it hurts, but yet I can still have joy. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 6 and 10. He says, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful, times of tragedy, times of, you know, it's just tough right now. But they can't have my joy. Can't have it. Here's my final point. Joy is a choice. It's a choice. It really is. Well, if we're going to do it, let's do it together. Come on. Look at this scripture. It's found in Luke 6, or 1, 46 and 47. Mary received the news from the angel Gabriel that she was going to conceive and she was going to carry and she was going to give birth to the Son of God. And then Mary goes and she visits one of her relatives, Elizabeth. Elizabeth greets Mary and, and talks about, first of all, their encounter. She said, as soon as you greeted me, Mary, the babe in me leaped. How many of you know you need to get around people who make your dreams leap on the inside of you? And then she said, you're, you're blessed. God has favored you, Mary. And look at Mary's response. Mary responded, how I praise the Lord. And then she says, how I rejoice in God my Savior. Now listen to me. This is great news. It's a great word that Mary received. Great confirmation that she receives from Elizabeth. But just because Mary received great news, just because Mary was favored of God, chosen of God, didn't mean that her life would be easy. As a matter of fact, from that moment on, her life would become extremely difficult. It wouldn't be easy for Mary. First of all, do you realize that because she was not married to Joseph and because she's been found pregnant, do you realize by law she could have been stoned to death? Joseph could have had her put to death. 
Do you realize that some scholars believe that her family had abandoned her after she had shared the news with them out of disgrace? And some of the scholars believe that's the reason Mary was even traveling with Joseph. Because, right, guys, you're going to put your wife who's in the third trimester of a pregnancy on a camel through the desert or what, right? That's, that's what, you, come on guys, help me out here. Ladies, smack your husband. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. So many believe that her family had abandoned her. That's why she was traveling with, and then she's got this scandal that she's got to deal with. And then she has the gossip of all the people that are talking about her now. So she has all of this going on in her life, and listen to what Mary says, I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice irrespective of my circumstances, irrespective of what's going on right now, I choose to rejoice because joy is a choice. Listen to me, choices lead, feelings follow. You have to choose, you have to make a choice that no matter what's going on, I will rejoice in the Lord. How many of you know that we live in a culture that gives us, that's okay. I have 38 seconds. How many of you know that we live in a culture that gives us a thousand different choices of how we can respond at any given time in terms of our emotions? If you don't believe me, just get out your phone and look at it right now. Many of you already are, but just get it out and look at it. You don't think I can see that, but I can see that. I'm messing with you. All those emoji faces that you have on your phone, right, that you can respond to? How many of you know, um, oh, Lord. I tried counting these, and there, I think there are close to 100 different faces that you can respond to, right? Or you can, when you receive a text, that you can respond to. Um, how many of you know this doesn't include hand gestures, thumbs up, thumbs down, you're number one? Let me get it on the way home. So, so and many times we will respond letting someone know how we feel about something with one of these emojis. Here's the key. In a world with a thousand different emotional response options, it's easy for us, even as Christians, to forget joy is one of those choices. It's easy for us to forget. I can choose to respond with joy. In any circumstance and in any situation, I can choose joy. Second closing, and I promise, because I'm a minute and 16 seconds over. When I was putting this um, message together, actually started about a week, two weeks ago, and I was just putting this together, and if someone could come to the keyboard, that would help me finish. Sorry, guys. And... Um, I was, on, I was sitting in the chair and I was typing on my computer and I didn't have it plugged in. 
and the battery was getting low, and, and so I had to quickly save, you know, anybody ever been there, I had to quickly save what I already put in, and then, and then I'm like, okay, the cord's right here, and I need to just reach down, get the cord, plug it in, get it charged. So I reach over, grab the cord, and it's wrapped around the table, and I'm tugging on it, and it just won't reach. And so now, because me and patience have a problem with each other, that's Jamie, she'll tell you. So now I'm like starting to get aggravated. And all I really needed to do was just get up out of the chair, walk around and untangle it from the table. Rather than that, I'm fighting with this thing. I'm about to pull the table over and now I'm starting to get aggravated. <laughs> and I hear this voice. Anybody know what voice I'm talking about? No, not your spouse. I hear this voice. <laughs> Choose joy. Oh, yeah. I can get really aggravated over something really stupid something really simple. I can get my lazy self up, walk around, bend over, untangle it, plug it in with a joyful heart and attitude, right? And so when I heard choose joy, I'm like, oh yeah, you got me, God. You're already working on me on this, this message because you know, when I, when I preach and when I teach, it's not, hey, you guys need this. I'm right, I'm right there with you. I'm in the same boat. And so all throughout that day, uh, you know, different circumstances in traffic, dealing with people, all of those types of things. And every time I went to uh, respond to something, I kept hearing that, choose joy. Choose joy. So as you stand, here's what I want to ask you to do. What if, what if when we wake up tomorrow morning and before our feet hit the floor, what if we make this decision? I'm going to choose joy today. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what I'm going to face today. I don't know the challenges that are going to be before me. I don't know the circumstances that are gonna come my way, but I do know this. No matter what comes my way, I will choose joy. So before we, before our feet hit the floor, I want us to be, I'm gonna choose joy today. I'm gonna choose joy. As a matter of fact, how many of you will go on a little challenge with me? And let's just say from, from today until the first, the new year, that we are going to choose joy. Anybody want to work with me on that? Amen. Are we still doing that hashtag thing, hashtag? Are we still doing that? It's hard to keep up with all this that's going on. 
So let's just let's just do that hashtag choose joy life point church. Does that work? Can we do that? Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's just make a choice that we're going to choose joy. And then husbands, wives, kids, let's hold each other accountable. So when we get to that place and we're like slipping over the line, I'm going to give you some I'm going to give you some help. Choose joy. Not really what I choose joy. I thought it choose joy. I'm really giving us all permission to keep everybody straight this season. Is that all right? Can we do it? Come on, let's give the Lord praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody leaving, nobody looking around. You can't have the joy that I'm talking about without being in a relationship with the God who gives us this joy. The great news was not just for the shepherds that day. The great news of a Savior is for all of us. And if you're in this room today, or maybe you're watching us online today, and you've not chose Jesus yet, you personally have not accepted and received him into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. And today you're ready to make that commitment. Would you just lift up your hand right where you're at? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just lift up your hand right where you're at. God bless you. I see a couple of hands going up. Anyone else? Just lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see it. That's okay. God bless you. God bless you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? I, I had a relationship with the Lord, but I'm really not serving God like I used to. And I'm Honestly, I'm backslidden on him, and I, I really need to recommit my life to him. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you're at? I see him back there. God bless you. I see him up here. God bless you. God bless you. It's all right. God bless you. You can put him down. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to pray a simple prayer, but I need you to pray it with me. And then there are some, there are some people on the sides of each wall here that are here to pray with you if you need further prayer. We have a Bible for you if you want a Bible. If you just need anything, we want to be able to continue to pray with you. But for those of you that lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. As a matter of fact, let's all pray together. Let's pray it with them. Dear Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you now, to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose on the third day. I believe you're seated at the right hand of the Father. You said if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord, that I would be saved. I confess and I believe, and now I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for the greatest gift I could ever receive. 
It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I know Kayla is here. I'm trying to get my bearings. It'll be to my left. If you want family photos, Christmas photos, she's a professional photographer, and she's here, and uh, we would love for you to stay and get your pictures taken. Also, we have uh, coffee and cookies and all kinds of goodies for you. Thank you for coming to our Joy to the World Christmas service. Remember, remember Christmas Eve, 6 o'clock, A-Wing. God bless you. Have a merry, merry Christmas and choose joy. God bless you. We'll see you out in the halls.